If you were here last Sunday, you know we began uh, a series or a theme on seeking God because initially I wanted to do a series on Genesis and I just felt like before we jump into Genesis, we need our hearts prepared and, um, and need to be spiritually renewed uh, and that way we can understand God's word better. And so I introduced last Sunday the idea of seeking God from Hebrews eleven six, where he said that uh, those who come to God for worship must um, believe that he exists, this God of the Bible exists, and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. So we want to seek him. We want the reward. Nothing wrong with a reward. I'll take it. If we seek him. And so, if you're like me, and I suspect you're somewhat like me, most of you, I'm guessing, would be better. But, you know there are issues when you begin to seek God. Uh, there are hindrances. And when you look in the Bible, uh, the Jews, for example, said uh, there were 613 sins. And that's just in the first five books. And they said all of those will hinder you. The Roman Catholics said in the 13th century, Thomas Aquinas said that he, you can take all the sins the Bible talks about and, and reduce it down to seven main vices. And uh, that became known as the seven deadly sins. I'm going to reduce it one more time today. Uh, I think you can reduce everything into three primary roots. And we're talking about seeking God. And the, these three things produce uh, desires and attitudes and activities that will prevent us from seeking God, from understanding His Word, from having answered prayers, from being a blessing to our children. We got a hint of this earlier when I read 1 John 2.16. All that is in the world, all notice that all, it's very inclusive, are three things. The desires of the flesh, that's lust, cravings, inordinate cravings. The desires of the eyes, uh, that's wanting more and more that's greed. And the pride of life, comparing yourself with others, thinking you're better than you actually are. Desires of the flesh, cravings, appetites, addictions, lust. Desires of the eyes, or greed, 
longing for more and more, wanting what others have, sometimes taking it illegitimately. Um, and then the pride of life, this, this kind of attitude of independence from God, uh, autonomy, I can make it on my own. I don't need God. I don't need the church. I don't need his word. I don't need prayers. There was a young preacher who had just graduated from seminary and he'd been invited to preach in a fairly large church. And, um, and he invited some of his fellow students to go with him. He, he, like many seminary graduates, he knew many things. And he was high-fiving his friends and went into the pulpit with uh, confidence in his own abilities and happy. And he began to preach or try to preach. He couldn't find his text. His outline fell apart. He dropped his notes on the floor. Finally, in total humiliation, he just closed his Bible and said, Amen. Later, he asked an older pastor. He said, man, I blew it. I was awful. How do I, how do I preach? He said, do you have anything that you can advise me? And the older preacher said to him, he said, well, son, if you had gone into the pulpit the way you came out of the pulpit then you could have come out of the pulpit the way you went into the pulpit <laughs> did you get that you might have to think about that a minute but if you had gone in with humility and saying God I need you you would have come out high five and praising God and victorious we have to go into the day and into life with a humble attitude. We are the vessel that contains his mercy. Paul calls us vessels of mercy. So, John names these three main things. The flesh, lust, the love of lust. Desires of the eyes, the grip of greed, and the pride of life, the power of pride. And I don't think this is the only place these three are mentioned. They're, they may not be in the same order. But you might remember Matthew 4 where Satan tempted Jesus. And he, the Holy Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted and tested. And uh, God led him to fast and Satan pointed Jesus to some stones like the round bread of those are first century Jewish households. He said, turn these stones into bread. What, what temptation would that be? Lust of the flesh. The cravings, the appetites. And Jesus said, no, Man does not live by bread alone, but what, by what God decrees. Then he took him up on 
an area where he could see the kingdoms of the world. And, and, and it says that Satan showed him the kingdoms of the world. He said, look at all this. It's like looking at New York City, Boston, Las Vegas, L.A. And Satan said, I'll give you all this if you'll serve me. And Jesus said, you're to serve God only. But notice that he showed it to him. That's the lust of the eyes. That you look at things, I want that, and I'm discontented till I have that. I must have it. So lust, greed, and then he took him up on the peak of the temple. And standing there, looking out over the valley of Hinnom, he said, why don't you jump off? Because after all, you're the son of God. Angels are going to run down and save you, help you. And Jesus said, you shouldn't put God to the test. What was that temptation? It was the pride of life that I can function uh, on my own, make decisions on my own. I don't need God to decide things. So the grip of greed, the power of pride, the love of lust. I think you have it in the book of Genesis when, when uh, Satan came to Eve. In the very first sin of the Bible, it says in Genesis 2.16 that God gave to Adam and Eve, put them in a garden, and he said, uh, 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 of all that's in the garden, you may freely eat or surely eat. Literally, in Hebrew, it's you may eat and eat and eat. Because <laughs> there's no sin, you could eat and not overeat. You could eat and eat and eat. That's what God said. Look at this garden. It's full. Every tree in here is yours. And you can just eat and eat. Except for the one tree. Don't eat of that. And Satan said, hey, let's go over here and look at that one that God didn't give you. And so he managed to get Eve's eyes off of all the blessings of God and look at the one thing God had withheld and prohibited. And, and what is that? It says she looked and she what? Took. That's the first instance in history when the flow of blessing outward suddenly turned inward. The reformers call that the inward turn of sin. Self-centered. All of a sudden, instead of flowing out, we now go inward. And she took, what is that? It's greed. It's wanting what's not yours or what God's not assigned to you or what God's not permitted. Wanting too much. It's different things for different people. And then it says that she saw it could make her wise. Not get God's wisdom, but it'd make her wise, autonomous. She's her own person now. 
What is that? That's the pride of life. And then, of course, she looked and it said, she says, and it was, she saw it was good for food. What's that? Lust of the flesh. So the grip of greed, the power of pride, the love of lust, or as Paul put it, the lovers of pleasure more than God. Those are the three things. And I'll be honest, when I seek God, those are the three, those are the three things that are anchors on my soul. I woke up this morning and sometimes I don't go pray on Sunday mornings, I'll be honest with you, because it's pretty busy and I'm finishing everything up and sometimes I do. And I thought, okay, Lord, if it's 5.30, then uh, I might as well get up and I'll go pray. And uh, I looked over and it was 5.30. You know what I did? I thought, oh, man, because it was chilly and I was cold and I just crawled back under those covers and I, it's so soft, and I was so warm and happy. And I was laying there, wide awake. So I got up, drove to Bristol Road, and worshipped. Here's the problem. I didn't want to. Man, that bed called me. Those warm covers seduced me. And only the power of God could rescue me from my own bed. So here, here are these things. We find that Eve became for the first time greedy. She stole, turned inward, made it about her. You realize if we could get rid of the grip of greed, wars would cease. Russia would have to get out of the Ukraine. Uh, thieves, stealing would cease. You wouldn't have to put locks on your doors. You could leave your keys in your car. If we could get rid of greed, banks would not charge such high interest rates. Credit cards can be 18, 20%. Greed. And then she wanted to be wise in her own eyes, apart from God. The power of pride. If you could get rid of pride, you'd be done with snobbery. You'd be done with envy. You wouldn't drive long distances to get a name brand. Dictatorships would fall and churches would be full because they're not wise in their own eyes. They have to have God's wisdom and so they go to church to get it. They go to his word. And what if you could get rid of the lust of the flesh? She saw it was good for food. This love of lust then you'd be done with drug addiction, alcoholism. You'd be done with pornography. 
and sexual perversions, broken homes. Do you know, if we could, if we could have an antidote to these three, greed, pride, lust, man, what a world it would be. What a life we could live. What a freedom we could enjoy. Well, seeking God, you're going to run into those three barriers. But now, we are not without instruction. Turn, please, to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. We can successfully struggle, and I say successfully because it can be done, and struggle because that's part of it. There are antidotes to greed, pride, and lust in Matthew chapter 6. Some of you will recognize this as the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus in Matthew 5 has been describing the citizen of the kingdom. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus presents to us three acts of devotion that correspond exactly with greed, pride, and lust. In verse, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, he talks about practicing your righteousness before people. Then you get no reward from your Father. But when you give, verse 2, to the needy, uh-oh, what does is, what is giving do? I'll tell you exactly what it does. It sanctifies you and breaks the grip of greed because it's releasing in the opposite direction the sin of Eve. Take, and here's give, and the grip of greed will lose its tightening hold upon us. When we give. So, we're going to look at that. Uh, giving as a method and a means of sanctification. Here's a second one. In verses 5 to 15. Verse 5. When you pray, don't be like hypocrites. And he tells them how that, that you don't want to make it all public. But verse 6, when you pray, verse 6, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father. And notice, verse 6, and your Father who sees in secret will what? Reward. See, there's a reward. It's in the fasting, it's, uh, it's in the, the giving. Uh, um, in chapter 6, verse 4, your, your giving will be seen in secret and your Father who sees will reward you. And when it comes to praying, verse 6, your father who sees your praying in secret will reward you. See, as you seek prayer, what does prayer do? Which one of those three root sins does prayer counteract? Pride. Exactly. Remember 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. He said, if my people will humble themselves and what? 
pray. See, those two go together. You can't go before the God, the infinite, holy God of creation and redemption. You can't stand in front of him and brag. You have to go down. You humble yourself and pray and seek his face. So it's about seeking and it's about reward. We're dealing and we're, we get hit with these, with greed and pride and then the lust of the flesh. What does he call on for that one? After he talks about prayer in verse 5 to 15, then in verse 16 to 18, when you fast. No, boy. Who wants to fast? I want a feast. <laughs> We're not by nature abstainers from food. Give me that eclair. Give me that donut. I said to somebody one time, I had started gaining a little weight. I don't know if you all caught that or not. But I said to somebody, you know, when I was in high school, I could dunk a basketball. And uh, the guy said, well, I'd say now you can dunk a donut. <laughs> Man, I don't want to fast, but I want a reward. I want to seek Him. So we're going to take these three things. It'll take us two or three weeks, but we're going to talk about giving. How does that sanctify you? How can we present this without it? coming across as, okay, there's another church wanting your money. We're going to try to do that. Because you're not going to seek God long until he deals with you about greed. It's part of it. Because it's one of the main roots. And this whole thing of being sensitive to churches asking for money, that's Satan's ploy to get you distracted from seeking God. And then when it comes to prayer, Jesus taught us the motives of prayer. He gives us an outline of prayer in verses 9 through 13. We're going to talk about that outline, how to use that. This is a, you can use this outline to pray. I use it myself. Jesus didn't mean for you just to talk, speak this repetitively and, and mindlessly. This is an outline. So we're going to look at the outline of prayer. And then third, we're going to do a sermon on fasting. Verse 16 to 18. And we'll call for a day of fasting. And we'll seek God. And we'll seek a reward. And some of us, we need God's blessing so desperately. Some of you, your, your children need help and grace. And yourselves, you're struggling with secret things we're all in this boat. Join me in seeking God and taking the divine antidotes, these three things he's given us here. 
to strangle greed. He will lead us to give. To strike at pride. We will learn to pray and to conquer lust. I'm going to call for a fast. We'll see how it's biblical and what the results have been in history and in the Bible. So all three of these in Matthew 6, verses 1 through 18, the giving, the praying, the fasting, these are sanctifying methods. Each one of them, if you notice, and I hope you'll read this this week, verses 1 through 18 of Matthew 6, each one of them, begins with the idea of when, the word when. You notice that? When in verse 2, when you give, not if. In verse 5, when you pray, not if you pray. He assumes you'll pray. And then in verse 16, when you fast. All of them begin with when. Another thing about them. Each one of them ends with the Father will reward you if you do these. Do you notice that? Verse 4, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In verse 6, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In verse 18 on fasting, your Father who is in secret, he sees in secret, he will reward you. Each one ends with a reward, a promise of reward. And each one corresponds to the three main sins of greed, pride, and lust. In Hebrews 11, it talks about Moses when he grew up, when he matured. He said, I don't want to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter anymore. I'm not an Egyptian. And he chose to be mistreated with God's people and to suffer with them rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than treasures of Egypt. For he was looking to the reward. Amen. Amen. When he grew up, folks, let's grow up. It's time to look at Pharaoh's treasures as contemptible and go after God's reward. Amen. Amen. Let's pray.